Hi, this is Yitz Greenberg, and I'm here to read to you Dvar Torah on Parshat Tetzaveh. Its title is, On the Priesthood, or Holiness is Living in the Fullness of Life. Parshat Tetzaveh is the second of four weekly Torah portions that focus on the tabernacle and the realm of the sacred. Tetzaveh itself is primarily dedicated to the establishment and consecration of the priesthood, as well as the creation of the priestly vestments worn during the sanctuary services. To understand the nature and function of the priests, one must draw on the description of them found in Parshat Emor, Leviticus chapters 21 and 24. There we are told that the key concept associated with priests is holiness. Quote, they shall be holy to their God. You shall sanctify him, the priest. He shall be holy to you, for I, the Lord who sanctifies you, am holy. Being holy has to do with being more like God, whose very nature is holy. So what aspect of God are we to imitate to become holy? What does holiness actually mean? The key to understanding holy and holiness is found in the Torah's teaching of creation. Genesis opens with the assertion that this world is not an accident or random outcome of a blind material process. It's a creation. Reality is formed and its patterns and processes are shaped by the Creator who has certain goals and outcomes in mind. For example, in Yeshayahu's words, it was not made to be void, creation was created to be filled with life. And humans are called to fill creation with life and to repair the world so it will support life to the maximum in all its dignity and value. This mortal realm is real, not an illusion. That's the message of creation. This world is precious, and it is a religious calling to participate in it. However, the material level is only the surface of reality, like the tip of an iceberg. Physical reality, real, nevertheless is floating in a sea of spiritual matter, that is God. The Lord is invisible, unmeasurable, yet is the very source and ground of existence, which is sustained by the Divine Presence. This means that there are unseen depth realms of existence that are just as real as the physical, visible, measurable surface. The key to living properly is to participate in the physical life affirmatively and purposefully, but not to absolutize it. One should know its limits and be able to go beyond it and experience other aspects of reality. Human beings cannot access God via physical channels. Moreover, people can live entirely on the surface, the physical level, and never encounter God or the spiritual aspects of reality. However, if people live that way, they are missing whole segments of reality. The Torah rejects the reductionist psychology that treats the inner life as illusory, as nothing more than epiphenomena of physical matter in motion. The Torah tells us, on the contrary, to drill down to the depth dimension of life, 
where we encounter God through intuition, inner experience, and relationship. In the same way, the Torah blesses and commands going inward to receive and give love, to enter into relationship, to express emotions. These experiences are real, perhaps the most important and enriching aspects of our lives. So holiness is arrived at when one lives life in its fullest dimensions, when one experiences the physical and the spiritual in interaction with each other. When I meet another person and interact casually, even if I treat them honestly and respectfully, I am living properly. But when I deepen the exchange into a relationship, into caring and loving the other, then I got to know them in depth as an image of God. I experience them not just as another person, but as a wondrous creature that is of infinite value, equal and unique. This is a moment of holy encounter. Then if I go deeper on and through the beyond meeting the other, I encounter the divine medium, the God in which the image is rooted. This, too, is the experience of holiness. In Leviticus chapter 19, the Torah tells us that as God is holy, so are all people to become more like God, that is, be holy. God represents life in its most intense form, with all of its capabilities. God possesses consciousness, infinite consciousness, and power in omnipotent form. God has the capacity for relationship, i.e. infinite love. God has freedom that is total, uncontrolled, non-manipulative free will. Humans are instructed to become more like God. They become more holy by developing their consciousness, by creating and applying more power for life and good by deepening their capacity for love and relationship, by freeing themselves from rigidities and routines and exercising free will to choose life and do good. In all these areas, living a life of Torah and mitzvot really means embracing the fullness of life, savoring life, loving more, nurturing more, doing good, creating more extensively, even breathing deeply, tasting more widely, living in the fullness dimensions of life is attaining holiness. And holiness is bound and found in the holiness of life. Actions of living life deeply bring one to holiness. The Talmud says, in a moment of committed partners making love, the Shekhinah Divine Presence is there. And this is a holy occasion. When beguests are welcomed with friendship and treated with genuine hospitality, this is a holy moment equivalent to greeting the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence. In a moment when two or more people come together and immerse in the meaning of a Torah text, minds and hearts are intertwined, and all aspects of existence and reality are woven together. The Shekhinah is present, and this is a holy moment. In most of life, these experiences are real, but they are of fleeting duration. 
In much of the rest of life, God is present, but we're oblivious. We meet the others in the present, but we are engaged only at the surface level. The covenantal goal is that through the development of consciousness and the growth of emotional capacity, more and more aspects of life will be lived at the fullest intensity. Then we will treat the life before us in all its forms with the fullest dignity and value which it deserves. The Torah projects that in the Messianic age, when the world and society is fully repaired, every behavior in life, every encounter, will be on the basis of justice and equality. Every human will have their own needs available to them. They will be honored at the level of value and dignity which in their fully rounded existence they're entitled to. In this current imperfect world, we reach that state of holiness only occasionally, and only when we live life to the fullest depth dimension. So, living in a state of holiness is what priesthood is all about. To anticipate the future and to model how to behave to get there, a section of the population is set aside, sanctified, as priests. They will live life in its fullest dimensions, i.e., in a state of holiness. The environment around the priests is structured, which is the tabernacle, that is entirely filled with human life. No presence of human death is permitted. In such a place, God is manifestly present, and all the time. Here, ethical integrity and genuine affection is standard operating procedure. As it says in Psalms, Lord, who shall abide in your tent? Who will dwell in your holy mountain? One who walks uprightly, acts justly, speaks the truth in his heart. He never slanders with his tongue or does evil with his fellow. This is the atmosphere in which the tabernacle exists and is lived in. So the priests accept the task of living in this setting and meeting its highest standards all the time. They accept more limits and limitations on behavior than the average person. They strive for physical excellence and emotional ethical perfection. They serve God all the time. They turn themselves into a conduit to channel God's blessings the blessing of vitality and depth in life, to the rest of the population, which is living in the not yet fully repaired society. In a way, priesthood is an artificial existence, living a filtered life in a controlled environment. Priests are able to live this way because they are relieved of the burden of making a living or running the general policy or repairing the ordinary messes in society. Still, they function as an avant-garde, living now at a depth level and at an emotional and ethical excellence that is meant to inspire all the people. The priests and the sanctuary are created to engage the rest of society to visit, to view, and to imitate. That is why the Torah moves to assure that priesthood is not seen simply as a genetic hierarchy. Priests are living examples who earn their distinction not just by birth, but by their behaviors and role models. 
To allow others to join an uplifting society, the Torah provides a model of joining the priesthood for a temporary period. The Nazarite, see the chapters in Numbers 6. The Nazarite is a lay person who takes on the restrictions and requirements of a priest for a limited period. In fact, Maimonides writes that every person in the world, including non-Jews, who is inspired to stand before God and who gives up the preoccupation and distractions of daily life to serve God all the time, i.e., a person who lives like a priest, a life of full-time holiness, will be, quote my Rambam, sanctified as Kodesh Karashim, as Holy of Holies. I believe that this is Maimonides' application of Isaiah's prophecy that in the end of days, God will, quote, also take of others, Gentiles, to the priests and Levites, close quote. That's in Isaiah chapter 66. Then the whole earth will be like the tabernacle temple, and all people will live a holy existence, which is to say life to its fullest, in ethical and physical wholeness, in a permanent state of holiness.